Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock. We're back with you here on this Tuesday. Hope everybody had a good holiday weekend as we get ready for the NBA Finals. Another hockey game is in store for tomorrow. Plenty of Major League Baseball. Of course, fantasy football season is getting ready to start. Great to see everyone out there who is watching us. Of course, if you're listening as well, appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid. Two-hour show every day, noon to 2 Eastern here all throughout the year. Of course, football season is coming. We're going to get you ready for that. But Davis, good to see you. I hope you had a good uh, holiday weekend. How was your fourth? And uh, you're, you're looking good, so I'm, I'm guessing no major issues there for you. A lot of uh, fireworks, a lot of fun, a lot of food. No, uh, no fireworks for me. You know, big, big transition from being, uh, you know, a young juvenile delinquent to an adult with a house. My dogs hate fireworks. We, we definitely yeah. learned that this, uh, this July weekend. They really are not a fan of, uh, of all of the constant loud explosion so so none of that for me good good fourth of july weekend for me got in a good round of golf didn't play particularly well but it was nice to to get out on the courts and take some hacks but uh yeah i miss you man we uh we haven't uh, we haven't been live for for a couple days now so I, I miss you buddy well it's good to see you thanks for saying that yeah i miss doing the shows too in fact i was supposed to be on vacation this week but due to tropical storm elsa that is uh, coming through the state of Florida as we speak last night, today, and tomorrow. It uh, postponed my trip. Uh, in fact, a couple of the airports can't even fly out. So uh, I'm back here for the week, and uh, we'll you know, take a little dip in August before the football season begins. But let's get to our headlines here at the top of the show. That's what you guys are interested in here on this July 6, 2021. Montreal Canadiens. Arguably, uh, maybe the most exciting hockey game of the playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs last night in overtime as they force a game five. And this doesn't happen often in sports where a team avoids a sweep, but they did yesterday and uh, they'll play one more game tomorrow. I I think the series will come to an end, but at least they got their one win. That's for sure. They needed everything to win that one last night. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays win again. They score two in the bottom of the ninth, defeating the Cleveland Indians nine to eight. As we mentioned, the NBA Finals are going to start tonight in Phoenix, so we're going to have a full preview of that, no doubt. And good news, Davis, is that what we speculated, and we we talk a lot about baseball not getting things right. Maybe we should focus on the things that they do, because they did get this right, 1 million percent. Is there a higher percent than I can give than that? Shohei Otani, home run derby, all-star game batter, all-star game pitcher. I would anticipate, Davis that I'm not going to say that the world's going to be watching this because it is baseball and it's an exhibition, so I'm not that silly. But I think they're going to do very well with people tuning into this game. I think they will do very well. I mean, without the Otani hook, what is what is really the storyline of the season to get people tuned into the All-Star game? I mean, I guess maybe DeGrom for your, for your East Coast markets. Um, you know, as far as the Dodgers and the Padres go, like, I mean, everyone knows the Dodgers and the Padres are really good, but do either one of those teams, like, you know, thinking of really marketable superstars, I guess it would be Betts for the Dodgers and it would be Tatis for the Padres. But you know what? I, I would guess, Craig, that Otani is more famous amongst lay people 
than Tatis is, despite how great Tatis has been. You know, he's the cover of MLB The Show and everything. Like, so I, I think focusing the entire marketing of this weekend on Shohei Otani is, I think you're right. I think it is baseball getting something right and something we should commend them for. Yeah, for sure. And 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 look, I've been yelling for this for a couple months, and I'm, I'm glad to see it happening. And uh, it's, and we're going to get the home run derby participants later today. So we'll find out exactly who's in it, and then we'll take a look at the odds next week on FanDuel, no doubt. Uh, uh, also, your uh, the Scott Fishbowl, I know a very popular fantasy football league is going on right now for charity. Scott does an amazing job. Uh, I've just been lazy about trying to get in every year, and we're going to hit on that coming up. But, David, it's just a real quick uh, primer here. We got the NBA Finals tonight. It doesn't look like Giannis is going to play in this. And when we last discussed it, uh, I think that you thought that this was probably going to be the matchup, Milwaukee and Phoenix. But does Milwaukee stand a chance here without Giannis playing, let's say, in two games, like the first two? It feels like there's a chance he plays in the second, but I don't think there's any chance he plays tonight. I don't think there's any chance that he plays tonight. And now it does sound like he avoided any um, structural damage. Like it doesn't sound like his uh, anything is torn. It just sounds like maybe maybe like a deep bruise, um, you know. But like I think I think had he had a torn ACL, a torn MCL, anything like that, I think we would have you know found that information out by now. I I got to be honest, Mike Budenholzer. I've given him a load of crap. Twitter has given him a load of crap. People around the NBA have given Mike Budenholzer a load of crap. He adjusted this offense very well without Giannis. And I think um, a name that the casual NBA fan does not know, Bobby Portis, going to play a huge role in this series. Going to be absolutely massive. If Bobby Portis is able to go blow for blow with DeAndre Ayton, I think it's going to be absolutely massive. So I, I do think even without Giannis, they stand a chance. All right, and we're going to get into some of the player props for tonight, courtesy of the FanDuel Sportsbook, so stay tuned to that. But look, when you turn the calendar to July, the fantasy football radar starts to go up for a lot of people. And I know that we've been talking about death ball, and we are going to preview another team today here on the show. But it's kind of the rite of passage every July 4th that the Scott Fishbowl kicks off with the first big fantasy football event of the season. And fortunately, Davis Maddock is involved in that. So when we come back, we're going to get an early peek of what Davis' draft looks like right here on Fantasy Sports Today as our fantasy football season kicks off as well here on FST. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Donald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. we get closer to training camp opening in the NFL and of course the NFL preseason you can expect us here on fantasy sports today to discuss a lot more fantasy football 
And uh, once the NBA Finals are over, that's pretty much what we're going to be doing here on the show. So we'll be doing an hour of fantasy wagering baseball and then an hour of moving over to fantasy football every day. So those of you who are interested in both, make no mistake about it, we'll continue to talk about all sports. We've got two hours to do it every day, so we may as well. But the interesting part of the fantasy football season is that many years ago, Davis, uh, uh, Scott Fish, who is an advocate of fantasy and an advocate of charity, came up with the idea to have a lot of people who are in the fantasy community join forces to help raise money and participate in a fantasy football league. And in general, it happens in the first week of July. Usually it's July 4th weekend. And with that, Davis, I'll turn it over to you so you can explain a little bit more to people who may not know about it, what it is and the format and how you did, or how you think you did. Yeah, so the Scott Fishbowl is a giant fantasy football tournament, you know, similar to these best ball tournaments that are being run, the FFPC, the prime time on the NFC. It's, uh, it's a gigantic football tournament in which there are, you know, I think there this year, there are 300 different 12 team leagues. You compete in the regular season for 14 weeks, then you advance to the playoffs, then the field is cut down in the playoffs. So uh, in the end, there is a 12 team final, which will take place in week 17. This year, it's an interesting format. Scott always tries to balance out the positional values. It is a super flex league. Uh, the roster spots are giant. You can start two quarterbacks. You have to start at least two running backs, at least four wide receivers, at least one tight end, and then there are multiple flex positions. Um, and there, it's tight end premium, so tight ends receive a full point for reception. Wide receivers and running backs get .5. There is also an interesting wrinkle where you get bonuses for first down. So if you rush for a first down or you receive a first down, you get a bonus. Um, And then quarterback stats are interesting. There is a negative for incompletions, but a bonus for completion. So quarterbacks can really score points. Last year, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray both scored over 420 fantasy points, Josh Allen as well. So it's a, it's a very interesting format, uh, really makes you put your thinking cap on. Yeah, I, that's, that's really fascinating. And, and I think that for people who you know, may not understand what Superflex means, it means that you can start two quarterbacks in your fantasy football league. And I know that on a granular level, there may not be some people who've never done that before, but it is definitely something that is gaining in popularity. And as David, as Davis mentioned, just go ahead and you know sort of rewind what he just discussed, and then you can fast forward to his team, and then you can get an idea, if you're participating in something similar, how you should operate. So, Davis, let's kind of get into what the first round of this league looked like with all of those things and all of those rules being said. This is not going to be your traditional 12-team fantasy football league that you're going to fire up in the first week of September. So Christian McCaffrey looks like went uh, first overall here from what I'm seeing on this uh, graphic. We've got Patrick Mahomes, who went second. Josh Allen went third. People may be wondering why. Again, two quarterback league, very important. Those are pushed up. Davis mentioned the scoring. Kyler Murray went fourth, and that was Davis's pick. Travis Kelsey went fifth, and then Lamar Jackson sixth. So I, I think it goes without saying that a little bit of an explanation probably Davis will be needed because folks are going to look at this and go, wait a second, like that's not what I was planning on doing. So understanding the league is very important here. Yeah, understanding the league is very important. So Travis Kelsey was actually the fourth highest scoring player in all of the Scott Fishbowl last year. And the, the same scoring from the 10th Scott Fishbowl, which was last year. This year is the 11th. The same scoring has been ported over. Uh, the, the real difference actually this year is that place kickers are allowed to be used in the flex. will be interesting to see uh, if people decide to start, you know, drafting Justin Tucker and Harrison Butker early in these drafts. But yeah, as you see from this graphic, quarterback scoring is absolutely massive. I mean, Christian McCaffrey at number one overall, I can't argue with it. He is going to score loads of points in this format. But I, I was going into this draft knowing, look, you have got to have two elite quarterbacks or you are just not going to be able to compete. Because if you think about it, so someone like Jared Goff, right, or uh, Derek mm-hmm. Carr, they might be able to have good games here and there, but the negatives for incompletions and the negatives for interceptions are massive. So there are going to mm-hmm. be a lot of weeks where Baker Mayfield or Jared Goff or Derek Carr 
gets you literally negative points. Like they might have like negative four points. And if it's a really bad game, I mean, I saw quarterback scores last year of like negative 14, negative 15, when guys are just wow. out there trying to complete passes, like, like Sam Darnold, right, for the Jets. I mean, mm. he would just go out there and have no chance. So not only are you gaining an advantage of having positive points, but Aaron Rodgers not getting you negative points. Kyler Murray not getting you negative points. Russell Wilson not getting you negative points. So it's it's kind of like a double advantage. And then the the Travis Kelsey selection, uh, I was not going to do it where I was picking at number four. But had Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott not been available, and I was looking at the Russell Wilson, you know, Justin Herbert grouping, I probably would have taken Kelsey. The extra point for reception for tight ends and the extra bonus for first downs. I mean, Travis Kelsey is like, as a wide receiver, he would maybe still be drafted in the first round of fantasy league. So getting that bonus and getting those points at tight end is a big advantage. But yeah, as you pointed out, Craig, not a normal first round here, not a normal first round at all. Yeah, but, but a good education, I think, for people, uh, you know, simply put, for how you feel about the players in different formats and understanding that things are going to be different. And every league you play in, it gives people an opportunity maybe to choose to play something different. So let's take a look at the following picks after the first six. Here are seven through 12. So Dalvin Cook goes seven overall. And then I see Aaron Rodgers here at quarterback. He goes after that. I guess I guess his future is more certain at this point. We'll see. Russell Wilson, you mentioned that grouping there. At uh, at nine, Dak Prescott at ten, Tom Brady at eleven, and then Derrick Henry at twelve. So again, we're looking at multiple quarterbacks going here. I don't know that we learned a lot here, honestly, for value. I think we just learned how important quarterbacks are in the in this draft. Yeah, and so I think that the guys who took Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I would not have done that. I think taking Aaron Rodgers over Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, pretty big mistake all things considered. I also think Tom Brady was not the right selection there, like Tom Brady over Justin Herbert. I, I would not have done that because the rushing floor really adds in this format because every rushing attempt means that's not a pass attempt. You know, passing attempts, if you complete 60% of your passes or something like that, you're still going to be generating negative. So I, I would not have taken uh, Tom Brady there. All right, so this is a slow draft, so it's not over yet. Tomorrow when we come back on the show, we'll get an update on Davis's picks. Uh, hopefully there's a couple. Slow draft, you just never know. So in the first round, Davis took Kyler Murray with four overall, and then since he was so close to the top, of course he is back on the end in the second round. And no surprise here, he took Jalen Hurts of the Eagles. That's followed by Austin Eckler, which is his first running back. And then DeAndre Hopkins goes in the fourth round. So this is not a huge surprise for me, Davis, to see you have two guys like Murray and Hertz. They're going to be running all over the place. I will be drafting Hertz in fantasy this year too. Let's, let's move on to Eckler here and talk to me about what you see with him coming up this season. Well, gotta be, gotta be honest. This was a misclick. I set my cue wrong. I wanted mm -hmm. DeAndre Hopkins with that pick right there in the third round. I wanted Hopkins. Didn't get him. No, I'm fine with Eckler. He was in my queue. I just had it in the wrong order. I like Eckler. I like his upside to catch passes. But I got very lucky that my room sat there and let me get DeAndre Hopkins, who I really wanted. I think stacking in this format, you know, it's a big overall mm -hmm. tournament. I think the stacking is is very important, especially when we get to the playoff round. So I, I, I got to be honest, I generally don't love my drafts in these leagues because it's very competitive. But I think that this start is very strong. Yeah, uh, you know, what's interesting, too, and this is something I want to talk to you about, we'll do it later, though, is that we've all been there, and and I wonder how, Davis, we'll, we'll get to this after the break, how you would feel after the fact that you were about to take a player, as it turns out, 17 picks before he ended up going in the draft, and kind of how you feel about that. Do you feel good about that or bad? It's an interesting dynamic. We'll hit on the NBA next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for limited time while supplies last. NBA Finals Game 1 is tonight. You can follow all the action with us here on SportsGrid with our in-game live show, all the player props, the spread, the total, everything else as we go. There are a lot of folks who feel like this is going to be a competitive series because the two teams played during the regular season and they played very close games. But again, that was with Giannis. That's part of the story here. Giannis probably not going to play in game one. We'll see what his status is coming up later in the week for game two and game three. But let's take a live look at what FanDuel has the line and the total at right now. Suns are minus six and a half over Milwaukee. The total is 218. As we mentioned, Phoenix did win the regular series in this during their season two nothing. And that I believe was with Giannis. So uh, interesting in that note, the line is sort of telling you tonight that Phoenix has a good chance to win, but these series can go either way. It feels like a safe line. It feels like the line is right without Giannis not playing tonight. One of the key figures in this series, no question, especially without Giannis not playing, is going to be P.J. Tucker, who has really had an interesting career from almost nothing to now playing potentially uh, for a championship. Budenholzer of, course, Budenholzer, of course, knows him very well and talked about his journey to get to this point. I love that, you know, that, that he started and, and played in Europe and um, those guys, whether they be American players or international players that, you know, kind of start and grow um, in that environment um, and, and find a way to make it uh, to the NBA and, and have a huge impact on winning. Wherever P.J. Tucker goes, he's been a winner. Um, but I think part of that is is, you know, when you maybe – um, you know, I think in a film session the other day, we were joking. I don't know. I think Germany and, and different, you know, Russia and here and there. And uh, it, it, it builds his character. He was already tough. But, uh, yeah, I, I love his background and, and how he's um, gotten to where he is today. Tucker will be a big factor, I would guess, defensively in this series. Offensively, the big factor is going to be Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns who of course knows all the history with the Suns. They've been around for some time. They went to a NBA championship, but fell short during the Jordan years in 1993. And as you'll see, Booker in his press conference yesterday was not shy about wearing that 1993 shirt. Phoenix Suns is the the baby franchise here and they love it with, with a passion. And, you know, I'm wearing the shirt from 93 right now. I think it started around that time to win. You know, they develop that. You hear people talk about, I remember when I watched Charles and them. Like, you hear those stories at all times and seeing the passion in their eyes when they're telling the stories and even being at the bottom of the barrel for the past five years and them still showing up and showing love, you know, shows that same type of love that they have for this team. You have any examples? So here we go, Davis. Tonight, NBA Finals. I think there's a lot of great storylines that that go into a game like this. But the bottom line is we're looking for an edge. And now the lines are tight on FanDuel. You know, like everybody is betting the one game. This is not like a 12-game slate or anything like that. So I, when we get to this point, I tend to stray away from, from these sort of things. But let's at least throw an opinion out here tonight. Phoenix minus 6.5. Do you take the Bucks? Any interest on the total? And then we'll get to some props. 
Yeah, I, I would take the Bucks, though I think your point is well taken. Uh, you know, if you log on to your FanDuel sports, uh, sports betting account right now and try to wager on this game, you are not going to be limited. Uh, this would definitely be a scenario where, uh, uh, you know, it's like, oh, you, you know, you, you think your side is good. Well, the, the sports book is going to let you put whatever they want on it because they have, you know, kind of locked themselves into a good line here. They definitely, I think, probably have locked themselves into profit on these games because so much money is coming in on either side. And, you know, sports books get to wager every line at plus 110. So that pretty much guarantees that they are going to end up being profitable in the end. Uh, but I, I would take the Bucks. I mean, and I probably will take the Bucks because I'll want to watch this game. I want to follow what's going on. Uh, don't have a big opinion on the total. 218 seems right about right. And I, I would like to see stylistically how these two teams approach each other, I think, before having a, a real feel on the total, especially with no Giannis. Like, I'm not exactly sure who is actually going to take those minutes. Um, you know, Budenholzer was talking about P.J. Tucker. I, I actually don't see as much of a role for P.J. Tucker in the series because I don't know who – he would be defending because, uh, the, you know, the guys at his position, Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Jay Crowder, those guys are not key offensive cogs for the Phoenix Suns. You know, their key offensive cogs are Devin Booker and Chris Paul. So I, I'm not sure how much of a role Tucker has here. So I, it's just a lot of interesting matchup stuff that I think we'll see play out. Yeah, a lot of discussion about all the players, honestly. But uh, let, let's get to Phoenix tonight. Speaking of Booker. And here are the point props over on FanDuel for this game, Game 1, NBA Finals. We have Booker at 28.5 in terms of his points over under. Chris Paul's at 20.5. And, and DeAndre Ayton, who has really looked good over the last few weeks, 16.5. We'll get to the Bucks in a minute. Let's weigh in on the Suns. Yeah, I would, I would definitely lean over on Chris Paul here. Probably a no bet or an under on Devin Booker. I mean, and and to be clear, you know, I do think that Devin Booker and Chris Paul are going to have to score and score very efficiently for the Suns to win in this game. But 28 and a half, pretty high line for a game. I, I would anticipate Chris Paul being the more ball dominant of these two guards here. First finals appearance for Chris Paul. Uh, you know, and, and as, as I've pointed out, as the Phoenix Suns were making this run, to the NBA Finals, like the big difference between their team last year and their team this year was the addition of Chris Paul. And, you know, I guess to be fair, also uh, also Jay Crowder and then DeAndre Ayton, I, I guess probably under, but uh, this is another series where Ayton's going to have to play very well for the Suns to win. Yep. So will Chris Middleton of the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll get to his prop in just a minute. Of course, if Giannis does not play tonight, which is expected, Middleton's probably going to have to take a bigger role. And he was asked specifically about closing out games, being their guy to go to in the fourth quarter, and if he can maintain that as the series goes on. Just stay the course. I'm not trying to think about too much except for what I need to do on the basketball court. Um, not try to get rattled or not get rattled um, when things aren't going my way. Um, don't get too cocky when things are going my way. Uh, just stay in the course and, you know, um, just working for it. Dwayne. David, we could definitely categorize Middleton as a boring player, but he plays great, and that's kind of what we're looking for here as we take a look at the total tonight for Middleton's points. On FanDuel, it's sitting at 26.5. We have Drew Holiday at 22.5. And, and I got to tell you, with watching all of these pregame videos, Davis, and listening to everyone talk, it feels like Brooke Lopez is a big focus tonight in this game. His total is 15.5. There are a lot of people who at least – seemingly asking questions along the lines of can Lopez have a 20 point game? Cause if he does, it would really give the bucks a big advantage in this one. Yeah. I mean, Brooke Lopez was a huge part of their victories without Giannis against the Atlanta Hawks. So uh, in game six, he played 38 minutes in games uh, in game five, he played 37 minutes and he was huge in those games. He scored 33 points in game five. He scored 13 points uh, in game six. Like he was, he was a, a gigantic part of, he was a gigantic part of their offense because Brooke Lopez operates very non-traditionally as a center. Like he shoots corner threes. That's not really what you think of your center doing. And then also, you know, people have always, um, they've, they've castigated the fact that he is not a great rebounder as a big guy. Like you expect your center to be gobbling up rebounds. And uh, he didn't. I mean, Brooke Lopez did not have double digit rebounds once 
in the series against the Atlanta Hawks, despite the fact that they won. And you'd be like, well, that's really weird. Like, shouldn't their center be getting double-digit rebounds? But what Brooke Lopez does, it, and this is actually true, the, you, you can look this stuff up on uh, NBA.com's like advanced stat stuff. His team's rebounding rate are better when he is on the court because he is an amazing box-out guy. He just creates the space and he, he uh, prevents the opposing centers and the opposing power forwards from grabbing rebounds themselves. You know, that lets Bobby Portis or Pat Connaughton or PJ Tucker or Giannis or whoever to collect those same rebounds. So I, I really like Brooke Lopez. I think he will be a super pivotable, pivot, pivotable player here uh, in, uh, in this NBA Finals matchup. Do you have any inclination? This is our last shot to kind of put out how many games the series goes. I assume that you think from from listening that Milwaukee ends up winning the series. So I, I know we're going to do that in fantasy reality later. I don't want to give that away. But how, how many games do you think that this one ends? I think this feels like a six game series. Um, you know, I think it, it probably feels like, uh, the, you know, the two teams kind of trade at the beginning and then. Uh, you know, injuries and, and health and fatigue and all of those things will come into play and refereeing. And, you know, I, I, I don't imagine there being a ton of blowouts here. I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched. I think it'll be a lot of pretty good basketball, but I, I don't foresee an easy sweep or an easy five game series win for either team. Yeah, I think so too. And, and it feels like we're on the cusp of a competitive series. So I'm really hopeful that we can get that because I think that having more games is always better. Like I would have loved to see the NHL go six or seven games too, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will. Maybe Montreal has, has caught some fire here too. Okay. What we're going to do is take a quick time out here on fantasy sports today. And then we're going to get back to some baseball. I was at the game last night between Miami and Los Angeles, a really fun competitive game, even in the middle of a tropical storm, I'm driving back and forth to the park. Uh, Miami ended up winning that game by a score of five to four, but we got uh, the the ace tonight, Jacob Degrom. So we're going to get into whether or not we should be using him, and of course some other pitchers as well. Full slate of baseball games always on a Tuesday, so make sure you stay with us and stay on the grid right here on FST. Also, a quick reminder coming up in the second hour of the show, Pat Corain is going to join us. We're going to talk a little fantasy football. We're also going to do a preview of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So stay with us and stay on the grid for that as well. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock here on this 6th of July on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. And stay with us. We'll be back in just two minutes. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. We've got a full slate of DFS games to get to tonight over on FanDuel's DFS site. 
plenty of baseball to get to as well. And Davis, we're going to just kind of package everything together here. We got the NBA, we got the NHL, we got fantasy football season coming as well. But I know a lot of people are still very heavily engaged in the baseball season. And, and Davis, one week from today, guess what? You have no DFS to play in baseball. You actually get like three or four days off. I don't know what you're going to do with yourself, but we're almost at the all-star break. Well, you know, we got uh, we got we got uh, football going on, you know, European European football. We got golf. There will there will be things to keep my attention. But you are right. Uh, you know, pretty typically every year uh, the the MLB All-Star break is like the worst time to do what we do because there's like nothing happening. I, I actually think in a weird way uh, the, the COVID season has gifted us some extra stuff going on because we have like. Uh, at least we have some MLS games. We got some European soccer. Like there will be a couple things for us to uh, to wager on over the course of the All Star break. Yeah, no doubt. So let, let's get right to it tonight because I know we have a lot of options here. Let's start off at pitcher, and let's start off with uh, Davis, the uh, the guy that everybody is probably going to use tonight. I mean, it's just as simple as that. I don't. It's like no secret here. But Jacob Degrom of the Mets is eleven thousand eight hundred tonight. That seems fair. Carlos Rodon of the White Sox, 10,600. Aaron Nola, who uh, I remember last time we went with Nola, what happened there. Looked so good for four innings, and then it just fell apart. And then Johnny Cueto of the San Francisco Giants, 8,900 tonight. Yeah, there are, I mean, you know, 15-game slate. There are a lot of pitchers for us to choose from. Of course, Jacob deGrom is going to be the best one of them. I mean, we have Jacob deGrom projected for... I, I have never seen a projection like this on dailyroto.com before. And, and maybe it needs to be tweaked a little bit, but we have him projected like 15 points better than every other starting pitcher going on in the slate. And we have, uh, you know, Shohei Otani is pitching. Now I am not rushing back to use Otani after what happened at Yankee stadium. You know, I, I think that I do think that the leash is pretty short on him. Like when, when there starts to be, you know, bases loaded or he's walked two guys in a row, I do think they are going to keep the leash, pre- the leash pretty tight on Otani, which is why uh, he did not make the list here. Carlos Rodon, generally speaking, you don't like to use the left-handed starting pitchers against the Twins, but Rodon has already pitched several times against the Twins this year, had no problems. He's having a real breakout year. Aaron Nola has a great matchup uh, at Chicago. However, I would caution before lineups lock, before we get there, definitely check the weather because this could be a wind game uh, tonight at Wrigley. Uh, I saw I saw the total was a little bit higher than I anticipated when I looked this morning. So definitely pay attention to that. And then pretty much every time that the Arizona Diamondbacks are in a slate and they are facing a competent starting pitcher, I, uh, I want to take the other side. Johnny Cueto, competent starting pitcher, more affordable salary like him tonight. All right, let's go over to first base. And the Atlanta Braves having a tough time yesterday. Got smashed. Freddie Freeman, 3,800 tonight for the Braves. We also have Joey Votto, of course, for the Cincinnati Reds. He's at 3,400. Reese Hoskins is at 3,200. And then Orioles first baseman Davis, Trey Mancini, set to go here in the home run derby, which will be in less than a week, 3,100 tonight for the Orioles. Yeah, first base full of dudes who uh, are going to hit home runs because that's what we do. That's what we do at first base. Now, of course, we have uh, – I, I should I should just make this blanket point. The Blue Jays are in an insane spot tonight. They have a 6.1 team total. They are facing uh, a guy I've never heard of, a call-up. Like, they're, they're just going to score a lot of runs. So it would be a little bit repetitive to include the Blue Jays at, at every spot here. Freeman, great matchup against Chad Cool one of the worst starting pitchers in baseball. Joey Votto, interesting, lefty on lefty spot here against Chris Bubik, but huge, uh, you know, huge um, upside in at a low ownership there. Reese Hoskins, another good matchup for him. The Phillies have a huge team total tonight. And I, as you and I have talked about a bunch before, Jake Arrieta, no good, right? Jake Arrieta, we, we want to be against him as much as possible. And then uh, Trey Mancini, Huge projection for us tonight. Very rarely see someone like Mancini projected this high, but great matchup in Camden against Steven Matz, who loves to give up the home runs. All right, let's go to second base here. And what a season, Davis, for Marcus Simeon. I mean, just an incredible, incredible year he's having. I mean, he's on pace for like 40-30 or just something insane. 4,100 tonight for Toronto. Ozzie Albies of the Braves, 3,500. Jonathan Scope looks like he's going to get traded pretty soon. He's 3,100. 
And then Adam Frazier, uh, maybe another trade candidate here too, 2,800 tonight for the Pirates. Yeah, you know, I, I got to keep you on your toes, right? Every once in a while, I got to I gotta throw a guy in there that makes you, that makes you scratch red. But I just, I do think we are going to need uh, some cheap guys in this slate because we, we would like to pitch to Grom. We would like to get some of these Blue Jays in there like Marcus Semien. I mean, just a gigantic team total for the Blue Jays. Um, Ozzy Albies, he is really hitting the ball well right now. Like he is, he is having a much better fantasy season uh, than a lot of people anticipated. So I really, I really uh, think that he is in a good spot against Cole. And then Scope is another guy who is going to be, you know, two percent owned or whatever. And I mean, talk about a dude who is power. Like Jonathan Scope is like a one ninety ISO guy at second base, and you just, you just don't see him. Uh, you just don't see him in DFS options, uh, DFS lineups all that often. All right, and uh, let's go over to third base here. Josh Donaldson, he's the subject of a lot of trade rumors too. I'm guessing he's going to have to have a few good games to get moved. 3,400 tonight. We have Anthony Rendon of the Angels at 3,300. Cabrian Hayes of the Pirates at 3,100. And then the Mariners, Kyle Seeger, we got at 3,000 tonight. Kyle Seeger, you know, you know our stuff over at Daily Roto always loves Kyle Seeger. I actually think this is a pretty fascinating matchup because you get Jamison Tyon outside the confines of Yankee Stadium. Maybe there is a reasonable argument that actually the right way to uh, the right way to approach this situation would be to pitch Tyon against the Mariners. But uh, I, I do like Seager. I just think Seager is a really good professional hitter, and he is never owned. Uh, you and I are both huge fans of Cabrian Hayes. He's got the matchup tonight against Ian Anderson. Definitely think he will be like 1% to 2% owned. Uh, another good matchup for the Angels tonight, Anthony Rendon. Uh, not, a, not a gigantic team total for the Los Angeles Angels, only like 4.5. But I, I've kind of maintained this whole year that Eovaldi, Garrett Richards, Martin Perez, all these guys are going to fall apart eventually. And then Donaldson was another interesting name, of course, Vlad, Kevon Biggio, Rafael Devers, you know, all these guys are, are fine starting pitchers and everything. But specifically in, uh, specifically in the case of, uh, of Josh Donaldson, platoon advantage against Carlos Rodon, who is going to be owned himself, right? So you get a little bit of leverage against the people who are using Rendon. And if you leave a fastball hanging against Josh Donaldson, I don't care if you're Jacob DeGrom, you know, I don't care if you're Shohei Otani. Like, he knows how to turn on those fastballs hung in the zone. So I really like Josh Donaldson as a leverage play tonight. All right. Interesting there. Let's uh, let's do shortstop here. Trey Turner has been the best shortstop in the National League all year long. Unless you feel Tatis is too. I think that that's fair. 3,900. Tim Anderson, 3,500. Francisco Lindor starting to pick it up a little bit. 3,000. Although we're halfway through the season. He should have picked it up two months ago. And Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, 2,600 for the Texas Rangers tonight. 2,600, Kiner-Falefa. Yeah, I mean, we have Trey Turner with the platoon advantage. Now, not a great ballpark. Obviously, they are playing out in Petco right now. But if you're going to get a matchup against the Padres, you would like it to be Ryan Weathers pitching to you and, uh, you know, not Blake Snell or you Darvish. So definitely like that spot there. Uh, Kiner-Falefa, I, I just kind of always uh, I just kind of always enjoy – uh, you know, I just kind of always enjoy using him. And Jose Urania, I, I think the Rangers, if we want to talk about gross, disgusting, sneaky snacks, stacks, how about the Texas Rangers tonight, right? We got Gallo, we got Kiner Falefa, we got Nate Lau, and Jose Urania is actually one of the worst starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. Uh, I enjoy Francisco, I, I, I enjoy Francisco Lindor, but more importantly, I enjoy stacking against Brett Anderson, who you and I make fun of on this show all the time. We just, it's just like, I don't really understand how he's still pitching. And then Tim Anderson, you know, decent matchup against Jose Barrios, not, not great, not horrible, but I do think so much of the ownership at shortstop is going to be concentrated on Semyon, Bichette, Tatis, and Turner, that anyone with home run and steal upside at the position is valuable. And I think Anderson fits that criteria. All right, let's cap it off with the outfield. As Davis mentioned, Joey Gallo back to stack the Rangers tonight. Gallo's been much better over the last month, 4,200. Bryce Harper of the Phillies, 3,800. Still waiting for Juan Soto to completely break out. He's 3,600. And uh, Robbie Grossman, 2,900. Odubel Herrera of the Phillies at 2,500. Herrera sometimes has a pretty good lineup spot. It just depends on if they play him or not. It seems like he plays like four days a week, something like that. Yeah, so 
that is why Odubel Herrera is in here. Now, obviously, if he's batting seventh, we don't like him as much. But if he is leading off against Jake Arrieta, this is also another one when you are checking the weather to determine how much Aranola you want to use. Definitely check the weather to figure out, you know, can we play these guys? Like, should I be playing Cubs against Aranola? Should I be loading up on Phillies? Should I be loading up on Bryce Harper? Should I be loading up on Reese Hoskins? But uh, regardless of if the wind is actually blowing out that much, I do think the Phillies are a really good stack tonight against Jake Arrieta, who I think is is really on the downside of his career. Juan Soto, it was kind of just sticker shock for me to see Juan Soto, who was you know a top five pick in every fantasy baseball draft this year, to see him at thirty six hundred, you know, priced next to guys like I mean, priced next to like Tommy Pham. Like I, this is kind of what we talk about with uh, it's. It seems like we talk about it at first base most often. Like Anthony Rizzo was under three thousand for a while. Goldschmidt we saw under three thousand for a little bit there. Like just feels like if you play Juan Soto at two percent owned at one of the lowest salaries he's had all year, feels like you will probably uh, end up getting there. And then I think that you owe one Mister Joseph Gallo an apology. Because I've been putting him in here. I've been, I've been, I said, okay, you play him at 3,000, you play him at 3,500. He has gotten up to 21 home runs, six stolen bases, mm-hmm. 48 run score, 48 RBIs. And even for Joey Gallo, a 230 batting average for Joey Gallo, that's a huge win. That, I mean, because you, there, are, there is a season out there where Joey Gallo hits only 31 home runs and hits 190 while he's doing it. So I, I think you owe Mr. Gallo an apology. Look, he, he definitely just has had a season in the month of June and July because he did nothing, almost nothing, in April and May. Uh, but, yes, I will I will say I apologize to uh, some degree because I do think that I had written him off. And, look, the Rangers had done nothing, Davis. It was Adolis Garcia, nothing else. And now all of a sudden he's picked it up a little bit. I wonder if Gallo will get traded on uh, on July 30th. I'd be interested to see if – if he gets moved to some team that needs some offense. So we'll see. That's our look at DFS today. Of course, we'll continue to do DFS previews every day right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Although keep in mind, next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, it is the Major League Baseball All-Star break. So for people like me who play season-long fantasy baseball, it's my break too from a little fantasy. So we'll pivot away from that. We'll look at some other odds and We'll dive more into some fantasy football, and then the second half of the baseball season will continue. We'll also discuss the fantasy booms and the fantasy busts, the MVPs of the first half of the season for fantasy baseball. That's all coming uh, down the road as well. Coming up next, we've got a Euro Cup final update, so make sure you stay tuned for that. We've got the update also with Chris coming up at the top of the hour here on SportsGrid. And then we'll talk some more fantasy football here in the second half of the program. Davis and I are here every day from noon to 2 Eastern right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. So where are you going? Stay with us on the grid. We've got plenty more to come. Your daily Euro Cup update is next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.
All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Unfortunately for Davis, we're coming to the end of the line here at the Euro Cup. And boy, what a matchup this is probably going to end up being between uh, Italy and Spain. So Davis, let's take a look over on FanDuel and tell us what the odds are and, and kind of what you're thinking here as we continue. Yeah, we have uh, we have a couple of really good matchups uh, today. It's going to be Italy versus Spain. Ninety minutes. If it's tied at the end of ninety minutes, it's going to go to extra time. They play two fifteen-minute periods of extra time. Then it goes to penalties. I like the uh, Italy to advance, so that's just to qualify. So that's either winning in regulation, winning in extra time, or winning in the penalty shootout. Uh, the the regulation line is plus one forty. The two qualify line is minus one forty. I bet the Italy to qualify line at minus 140. Uh, maybe maybe not even the most plus EV way to approach the situation, but I have just been here with the heartbreak of the team not winning in regulation and then winning in the penalty shootout, feeling like you had the right side, but not winning your bets. Um, I, I'm curious to see the tactical approaches that each team plays. Italy's dealing with a couple injuries and a couple yellow card suspensions in this game. And I think probably Spain is going to make a couple substitutions from their normal uh, starting 11 because I, I think they need some faster, quicker players in there. They're playing a couple old guys in their normal lineup. So I think I think we'll see a very interesting match this afternoon. All right, so we'll check it out today. We'll review it for you tomorrow. Those of you who are interested in soccer, of course, you can go over on the FanDuel Sportsbook and bet on that right now. All right, Chris has got our update here at the top of the hour. Let me set you up for our uh, next hour of the show. Lots of fantasy football to discuss, specifically our first look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2021. And we'll go over some projections for Tom Brady as well as the rest of the squad. We'll also hear from Monty Williams, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns with the NBA Finals on deck, and Pat Graham will join us as well. Fantasy or Reality, Sports Grid 60, all that and more as we come back for our second hour of FST here on Sports Grid. Up next, it's Chris with the update, and then we'll be right back in just two minutes. So stay with us and stay on the grid here on Fantasy Sports Today. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 